Welcome to the Faith and Money Podcast with your hosts, Keith Connolly and Crystal Wampler. Keith is the president and CEO of True Legacy Financial Planning, a financial advisory firm that serves clients who desire to receive biblical wisdom with their financial advice. Keith specializes in working with faith-based business owners, churches, and other nonprofits, ministers, and high net worth families of faith. Crystal is the CEO and founder of Kinethics, a cannabis financial advisory solutions group based in Orange County, California. Crystal is the co-founder and co-host of the Crypto Cannabis Show, an international faith-based show where she helps grow and educate and inspire business owners within the five C's, Christ, Cannabis, Cryptocurrency, Cybersecurity, and CPAs. Crystal also serves on the board of directors for the International Cannabis Business Women's Association an association focused on helping women launch into the cannabis industry. Keith, 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 Keith. It's been a minute since I've seen you last. I know. I know that you have been saving some bad dad jokes. You know, Crystal, there is no such thing as a bad dad joke, but here I have one for you. Where did the cow who was a writer work? I don't know, Juliana, do you have anything? The moo paper. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm here all day, Crystal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you for gracing us with that terrible bad. Hey, there's bad more joke. of them where where you know in my back pocket, ready whenever you're ready. Awesome. Faith and Money is a podcast where we discuss the relationship of money, wealth, and generosity with the Bible. The goal of this podcast is to, is to equip believers in Jesus Christ to honor the Lord with their wealth, as we see in Proverbs 3.9. We explore topics like the true meaning of wealth and its biblical uses. After all, the Bible says that we shouldn't love money, but here in Faith and Money, we are committed to bringing you the full scope of financial wisdom found in the Bible. So today, we are very excited to welcome Juliana Page to the Faith and Money podcast. Welcome, Juliana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know that you're a big fan of my dad jokes, right? Huge fan. From what I just experienced, I know that you're fully loaded. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) So Juliana Page is a best-selling author, master certified life coach, and minister of God's Vibes. Juliana has researched and immersed herself in professional life coaching, ministry, leadership, success, conditioning, and personal development fields. From her obsession to determine what makes the difference in people's quality of life, she helps people understand their model of the world, how to change their story to change their lives, how to steward their impact, and how to discover lasting fulfillment through contributing to the world in ways far beyond themselves. Paige is a leadership and self-advisory strategist for organizations, companies, entrepreneurs, and individuals. Through her spirit-driven success model uh, method and the God's Vibes Mastermind, Paige delivers practical wisdom and tools that empower purpose, spiritual wholeness, sustainable health, financial freedom, and relational fulfillment. So we are very glad to have you here. Uh, and I just kind of want to start out with a question, you know, asking about how you became a life coach, but what exactly is life coaching? 
Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting because I knew of life coaching. I experienced it firsthand in graduate school. That's when I met my very first coach. I was actually in grad school for film production. So I was at a women in film events and we had to pass around this microphone and say who we were, why we were there, which were terrifying questions for me to answer at the time. But she had stood up and said that she was an entertainment coach, coaching high achieving women in the industry And I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that I was her target market. (laughs) So I got her card and long story short, I started working with her and going on a coaching journey. So I knew of what coaching was. I got certified after that, but I knew what of coaching was through a self-help lens, if you will, or from a personal development perspective. But later I know it now through God's lens. And so what I would like to say to that is that coaching is connecting with your master coach who is God, right? And so it's being held accountable for his purposes and plans in your life. It's knowing who you are form shaped and anointed to be. It's walking out purpose every single day and all that you think, say, and do. And it's having a vehicle of transformation, right? We're here to work out our own salvation, to literally walk it out one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And working with God is how we do that. So knowing that you have a master coach in him, I think is essential, but we're not all trained to hear from him, to relate with him, to align with him, to track with him and do any of that. So it's very helpful to have a guide that facilitates that process. Yeah. It's very interesting that, you know, so often as Christians or, or even non-Christians, we just kind of trudge through the mundane, you know, lives you know we get up we go to work we come home we take care of the kids and it's just kind of day in and day out and we just have this desire uh to be successful we have this desire to thrive and and so many of us uh and I know I've been in that place in the past where we just kind of say well I'm gonna settle for what I have and and not push myself or or make a a path to finding some level of fulfillment or, or success. Yeah. What, what do you think holds people back from taking those steps to taking charge of their life? I mean, there's, that's a loaded question. I think there's so many things. I think there's ways in which we've been groomed in the world, right? From your family of origin, different patterns, different things that you learn. A lot of us learn to survive. We don't learn to thrive at all. Many of us don't even learn about faith or having a relationship with God. We learn about self-helping our way, or we learn about forcing or trying to make things happen and leaning on our own understanding. So when it comes to accessing the goodness of God, many of us don't have knowledge of that. So when you don't have, you don't know what you have access to, how could you walk in it? So a lot of us are sleepwalking through life is the best way to say that. The word would say, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. But for many of us, we're not spiritually waking up. They are, many of us are now doing that. We're seeing that happen more and more in the world, but ignorance is usually the answer. We don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know that we're, a lot of us are just living in the physical, not knowing that a lot of things are happening in the supernatural and the invisible. More is happening there than anything that is happening and what we can see. And a lot of us don't know that. Right, and to kind of focus that, uh, how does that relate to our to our money? Because what I see as a financial advisor is so many people are living their day to day lives, living paycheck to paycheck. They yeah. 
they don't have the understanding of, of how to manage their wealth and yeah. ways to make it grow. Uh, Anna, so what are your thoughts on that? Say that question again. What is the main question? The main question is how do people not thriving financially, what are some of the reasons why people don't thrive financially from your perspective as a life coach? I think that that's, you know, just being a child of God, I think that that's looking at the worldview through a very different lens. It's almost like looking at the world through being an orphan, if you will, versus a child or a son. Okay. Those are two very different identity systems. There's two different belief systems. If you want to look at it that way, right? Like if you see yourself as an orphan, right? You're, you don't have a God who's fully providing, supporting, leading, and guiding you. You don't look to God at all. You're on your own. It's up to you. And a lot of times we don't have the tools and resources that you get when you're hooked up to your source, right? God is actually your source, but a lot of us don't know that, right? So we're not accessing him in that way. And he provides resources, right? So God, the source never changes, but he's always providing resources and that can change. Like your job can change. Your career can change. How he wants to get provision to you can change, but he's always the source. Like, I love to say that I'm on God's payroll, (laughs) right? (laughs) Literally, like I'm on God's payroll, but when we're trying to do things in our own strength and our own understanding, we're shutting off the flow of favor, We're shutting off the flow of promises in our life. We're shutting off the flow that is always happening of that provision. And we're not in belief, right? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. You know, I I think what you're describing is in many ways, the biblical doctrine of providence Mm -hmm. and that Lord, the Lord orchestrates every aspect of our lives to fulfill his will. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, success and, 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 and thriving or, or difficulties, you know, the Lord is involved in that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if we look at Proverbs, for example, you know, there's many things that we're told to do or, or we're told to, Hey, if you do this, then this will happen. Um, and, you know, they're not like strict promises. It's not like it'll always be this way, but they're, they're, wisdom based upon fulfilling God's law or, Mm -hmm. or, or not fulfilling God's law and what will happen. You know, if you follow after the wicked, you know, then you're going to ruin. But a lot of times people who follow up, you know, who follow the wicked will uh, thrive, you know, on a temporal basis. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see all that in the Psalms. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I love to say that you can never argue with the principle right? Like you could be like, well, I don't believe in gravity, but that doesn't, (laughs) that doesn't change the fact that if you try to jump off a building, like you will hit the ground, like gravity is a principle. You can't argue with principles. And there's so many principles in the word of God that you can't argue with. Right. But I think something that's really interesting is that wealth, we often have a, we have so many different definitions of this. It's similar to the world, the word love, right? We have so many different perspectives and experiences of what we think that is, but God's thoughts are not as our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Right. So God wants us to prosper, but many of us are not taught that. Right. So something that's really interesting. I felt like these numbers are fun. Prosper appears 48 times in the Bible. Prosperity appears 26 times. 
prosperous appears eight, wealth or wealthy appears 43, and rich appears 90 times, rich is 98 times. God wants us to prosper, and wealth is much better than we think. It's not just limited to financial wealth, which I know you guys dive into and explore a lot here, but it's spiritual, it's health, it's relationships, it is financial, it's joy, it's fulfillment, it's having a wealthy soul. And many of us have souls that are sick. So God, there's a couple of keys. God offers prosperity generously. God has a lofty purpose for that. And the practice of it is spiritual. It's literally working spiritual principles in your life. That's how you start accessing it. Right. Well, I I think of what Jesus says in in Luke chapter 12, Uh in verse 21, you know, you know, Jesus says, um, the one who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. And, you know, being rich towards God is a very uh, interesting statement. What is exactly does that mean? And, you know, here at, at Faith and Money, you know, what we believe the Bible says is that being rich at towards God doesn't mean that you can't lay up, you know, physical or, or temporal wealth, but it's the act of, of building up wealth to fulfill the purposes of God, not to be, you know, self-centered and, and, and self-righteous in our wealth, but to be rich unto God is to care more about our relationship with the Lord than our actual temporal wealth and to use it for his honor and glory. I love that. I actually define wealthy, being wealthy is being an imitator of God. That's what it is. We're actually hardwired for it because God is the creator. He's the builder. He's the inventor. He's the entrepreneur. We are meant to imitate him. And he always wants our image and our likeness to be in check before he gives the dominion. Right. He doesn't want to give you things that you can't steward well or that you can't steward with excellence. He cares more about your character than your calling. Right. I I think that brings up another point here. Um, In Peter 3, uh, you know, Peter, the apostle Peter writes, for Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh and but quickened by the spirit. And what we have here is, you know, a pretty good bargain and an act of generosity in Mm -hmm. God sending his son. You know, we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And so Mm -hmm. the Lord sent his son, you know, God sent his son uh, to be to pay that penalty and and that debt for us that we couldn't repay. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we have unlimited access to God, uh, the creator and founder and redeemer, uh, and, you know, being rich towards God, you know, having that sense of connection to the Lord and and living our life in honor of him, kind of what the Heidelberg catechism talks about, you know, the guilt, grace, gratitude, you know, living a life of gratitude, dedicating every part of my being to God, because of my gratitude to him for his son. Yeah. Well, I think what's beautiful about that too, it says, I believe it's Ezekiel 36 is the address, but I want to highlight this to people that are like, yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know how to do that. So I want to highlight to anybody that can resonate with that, that you literally can't walk out 
that life without God, right? Like he literally, it says that when you become a born again believer, right? He puts a new heart in you and he puts his spirit in you. And this new heart is God willed and not self willed. So you actually can't produce, let's say the fruit of the spirit without God. You can't walk out godliness without him, right? He thinks that our righteousness is like filthy rags, right? So whatever we would try to do, (laughs) it's nothing to what we can do with his spirit. But when you have that relationship with him that you're highlighting, when you have that connection, you are connected to the most powerful being in the entire universe, the creator of the universe. What's not wealthy about that? Right. Right. But you literally can't walk out that wealthy lifestyle without him. You just can't do it. Right. What do you have for us, Crystal? Oh no, I'm I'm just taking it all in and and loving it. Thank you so much for being here, Juliana. I, I love listening to you and Keith go back and forth. It's it's quite amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess then I guess my next question is what steps can people take, you know, from a life coaching perspective to be more successful with their wealth? Great question. Well, Yeah, I I put this through a character filter, first and foremost, right? So I would say, because again, God cares more about our image, our likeness, our heart, right? Man is always looking at the external things and the outward appearance, but God cares about your insides. So this is usually rooted in a character question, because if you have a lot of wealth, but no character, you're in big trouble, big trouble. Like you could literally implode or it could crush you, right? So Character, when you think about that, character is anything that is unchanging. So I would ask somebody to consider, are you consistent, right? Are you somebody that is trustworthy? Are you somebody that is safe? Are you somebody that is healthy, right? Can God trust you with wealth? Can he trust you with his people, right? I think about that even in the work that I do, right? In terms of God sending me more people who he loves to work with, can he trust me with them? Because he's not going to send more if he can't trust me with them, right? So that's something that I think about. I also think about character, right? You hear the word holiness, but the interesting thing about that, it means in Hebrew, it means one. So practically speaking, this is integrity, okay? And integrity is integrating what you think, what you say, and what you do, to align with what God thinks, what God says, and what God does. It's literally being one. And so it's integrating all of that so that it's aligned. That is the foundation of building wealth. So if you're not doing that, any of that internal work currently, like your thoughts, right, aren't full of faith, let's say, Mm -hmm. right? If your thoughts aren't full of belief, if you don't believe God and take him as his word, it might be hard to build wealth the way he says in his word, right? Or if you're led or guided by your emotions, it's likely that you could compromise and that could crush you, right? Right. So it's it's making sure that you are a good steward over your character before you're a good steward over wealth and the influence that God gives you. Right. You know, Crystal and I have talked in previous episodes and as I've spoken around the country, you know, there are basic principles about how to build wealth. You know, the foundational principle being spend less than you earn and do it for a really long time. I get that directly from Proverbs. Yep. Um, you know, but you've touched on something that's very important because, you know, a lot of the times 
financial advisors, even if they're believing financial advisors, will start with the fact finding. How much do you have in your IRA? Is it in mutual yeah. funds, ETFs, or stocks? Yeah. How much life insurance do you have? What are your goals? When do you want to retire? But really, that's just the wrong place to begin. What mm -hmm. it comes down to is helping people think about the things that they believe and what are important to them. Yeah. And the single most important question that I begin all my relationships with my financial planning clients is what's important about money to you? Mm -hmm. And then we go off of this trajectory where we have this conversation and then all of a sudden they're realizing that, hey, these things that I'm doing with my money don't align with what's really, truly important to me in helping me have a life that makes me full fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And, so that, and now we can have a conversation about the things that need to change. And what I found is that People are more willing and open and likely to make meaningful changes that will improve their financial situation. Not mm -hmm. be, only because I didn't start with fact finding. Right. And, right. And, then, and then even worse, some financial salespeople will start with a product. This, mm -hmm. this life insurance policy, this annuity, this whatever will fix every problem in the world. And they don't even care about the client. They just want to prove how smart they are with this product. And I mean, that's even the, that's the very worst place to start. Yeah. But, well, I, for sure. Like, it sounds like you're revealing a heart position, right? Like, again, yeah. God cares about the motives of your heart. Like, is this about you? Cause usually when it's of selfish intention, you don't succeed. Or when people typically put profits before purpose, those businesses usually do not succeed. Right. right. And, and what, and what I find is that a lot of times I'll be talking with, you know, high net worth folks. They have a great income. They have great assets. Yeah. And they're, they're being, they're not being very generous. They would like to be generous. They just don't know how. Mm -hmm. um, and they aren't really sure how much they could be generous because maybe they have a poverty mindset um, where they're afraid to give because they're afraid that they're not going to have enough in the future. Uh, and, and, you know, if we're going to be rich towards God, you know, one of the things that means, you know, going back to Luke 12 is that we know that God is the ultimate provider. And as we, uh, are generous voluntarily, you know, on a voluntary basis and willingly giving God's resources for the care of others, we're investing, we're not only investing in others, but you know, and I don't want to say, you know, we're giving because God will repay us. But what we find is that our lives are more meaningful. We have a greater sense of purpose. And a lot of times we're much more uh, prosperous than we might have even imagined just because we have a heart of generosity that aligns with the generosity of God and giving up his only son. Yeah, I think I think something that's really helpful to know is that you, you probably have to embrace an abundance mindset, period. Because when you're operating from scarcity, you're already out of alignment with God, just period, right? And there's so many ways that you can be generous. You can be generous with your time. You can be generous with your gifts. You can be generous with your talents. Yes, your finances, but there's so many ways. Like that's actually a lifestyle to live a lifestyle of generosity. But I think something that's really, really powerful when it comes to an abundance mindset, like that sounds great. How do you get there? Well, God says... 
that he created good plans in advance that we might walk in them. So what this means is we don't have to live in this performance-based lifestyle anymore. We can live in trust and surrender, which means that he will guide, order, direct, and establish every single step. Right. And it's his will for us to prosper and be successful. So, you know, that he's going to lead you into that if you trust him, but it's taking your eyes off of you and your doing and trusting and allowing him to flow through you. It's a very different way to live. Right. And, you know, when we surrender our lives to Christ, what we actually find is that we have greater freedom. For sure. For sure. Well, I, I answer that, like, I don't have to play God. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to be God. I don't want to figure it out. I don't want to hold it all together. Like, that's on you. Like, you tell me what to do and I'm good with that. Yeah. 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 And I think, like, to your point about living a wealthy life, I'll give you a couple things so people can, like, make this practical. One, it's finding your joy and your satisfaction in God, not in any other thing. Because when you put your joy and satisfaction in anything else first, it just pulls you out of alignment and then you can fall into idolatry and every other thing, right? Right. Two, it's really you, your work, your business, your finances, whatever, as a means of glorifying God. These are just all tools. So view them through that lens that I'm going to commit all of this to him and it's all used to glorify him and show off his goodness. That's what it is. And then you serve people as a means of loving them not working your agenda, different. And then you also continually ask God for favor and blessing because he delights in the prosperity of his servants. So you're constantly asking for that, right? Because take, for example, you being in faith unlocks other people's faith. You being successful and stewarding your wealth where your wealth well unlocks that for other people when you encounter them. So you want to let your life be your best teacher. You want that to be your ministry. It's not always what you do. It's what you're showing people. Right. So what you're saying is that the lo- that money is not the root of all evil? No. <laughs> it's not. The, the word says that clearly. I mean, it's it's something that... It's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil, not money. <laughs> you know, misquoting well, scripture. For sure. There, there's three things really that will manifest character. Okay. Three things. One power that will show you character will show up when you give somebody power Two, money that will always reveal who somebody is. And then the other thing is sex. Those three things. If you want to see who somebody is, give them those things and watch what they do. That will reveal their character. All of those things. Literally. So if you're not actively working out your salvation, if you're not actively developing your character, temptation is a part of life. That's not going away. So if you're not stronger than things that are happening outside of you, you will be influenced by them. The scripture does have many, many warnings about being wealthy, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think, uh, you know, back again to first Timothy six, because this is a big part of where scripture talks about being wealthy. You know, the apostle Paul, you know, directly says, you know, the people who are rich, you know, now in this present age, you know, teach them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the certainty of riches. Uh, But he directs them, don't hope in these things, hope in God who richly provides everything to enjoy. And he encourages rich people to do good, be rich in good works and, and to be generous. And, And quite frankly, 
some of the wealthiest people I know are some of the happiest, not because they're they're rich or because they have a lot of money, but because they have the ability to devote time, talent, and treasure to the things that really matter to them. I know mm -hmm. elders in churches who retired at extremely young ages because of different circumstances, and now they're serving and they're writing, they're teaching, and they're and they're devoting themselves to things that they really care about, and they're extremely generous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because well, it's almost like that integrity piece, right? Like when you're actually aligned with God, right, and your thought and your word and your action, His mm -hmm. nature automatically flows out of you. You're not trying to like manufacture that or force that to happen. God is generous, so if you're actually aligned with Him, you will be too, right? Right. God is very wealthy. <laughs> His wealth will just flow to you, right? You'll right. have access to those promises when you're connected to Him. Right. But what's interesting about First Timothy six, mm -hmm. uh, verse nineteen, you know, after he encourages rich people to be generous and not to be haughty, yeah, he says that in doing so, they're storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future. Yeah. Well, I think of that as building for the eternal, not for what's here, right? Because it's essentially like anything you build here, you don't take it with you. But truly, are you able to pour into other people? Because that's what's eternal. What are you pouring into other people? Right. And many do not focus there. They're just focusing on what they can build up here so they can have their own dominion here, right? But that's not really what it's about. It's very deep, yeah. way deeper than that. Well, when I talk to my my clients about their investments, you know, one of the questions we always have is how, uh, you know, how long is it going to be until you need this money or or what's your what's your long term perspective on this money? And what I always tell them is the longer term ex uh, you have for this money, the better, you know, so let's not talk five, 10, 20 years, age 65. Let's think about how this money is going to affect you and other people eternally. Mm -hmm. Or even what does God want to do with this money? Right. Because if God has purpose for it, he'll find a way to give you more. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a really great conversation. Uh, thank you for coming on, Juliana. If you're, you're interested in hearing more about Juliana, you can go to her website at uh, www julianapage.com you can read more about her work here and, and and get access to her own podcast and and some of her own writings and and learn more about the work that she does and i understand that you wanted to make a special offer today yeah so <laughs> i actually one of my first books i recently turned it into an audio book it's called god's vibes matter reclaiming your spiritual authority and that is an audio book so we're going to give it away to somebody you got you got to tell them what to do but we're going to give it to, away to the first person that follows some of these rules that you have for them yeah. yeah well thank you very much what we for that that's extremely generous we are going to offer uh, Juliana's book to the first person that emails us at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And you have to ask a question that we can answer on the podcast. 
So you got to do two things. You have to email us and you have to ask us a question. It could be a theological question related to money. It could be a question uh, regarding your own finances that you want an answer to yourself. But either way, you got to email us and we'll get you a copy um, or, or give you the means to download that, that copy of, of Juliana's audio book. Uh, as always, if you have any comments or questions, you can email us at faithofmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have Rotten Tomatoes for Crystal, go ahead and, and send that to the email as well, um, because she loves my dad jokes so much. Uh, but in the meantime, we have many more exciting content coming in future episodes. We love having our audience grow and, and seeing influence uh, among many people to honor the Lord with their wealth. And we're so excited to be a part of that journey in, in your life. Until next time, God bless. See you soon.